Welcome to the Russell Westcott Podcast, helping real estate investors like you acquire the inspiration, knowledge, and skills that you need to start, grow, and scale the real estate investing portfolio of your dreams. Back here at Derek Peaver, good friend and a real estate expert, super sweet guy. And man, you know more about joint venturing than a lot of people out there. So I, I think we're in for a real key treat here. So you mentioned just before we, we had the swap over the camera, I'm sitting there going, no, don't end. He's on like a per- an amazing point. Um, and we are talking about the step in the process that I've bought the place on my own merit. I qualify for my own mortgage. I wrote my own check. I have my own lawyer. I own the place. Mm-hmm. Now, after mm-hmm. the joint venture agreement gets signed. Correct. Right? And this thing called a trust declaration. Right. Okay. So talk to me. What did, what did, what did, this might be a new concept for people. What is a trust declaration? Yeah. So, you know, many years ago, we, we were actually investigated by FICOM because we had ads running in the paper for properties to rent. And when they checked on us, we were not uh, licensed property managers. So they said, well, what's the deal? And we had to go down to their office in Surrey Centre. And this is a bunch of ex-RCMP officers. What's FICOM before? Financial you... Institutions Commission. And this okay. is the government body that basically regulates and monitors mortgage brokers, property managers, real uh, realtors to some level, I believe. Is it a BC-specific thing? Yes. Or is it kind of, each, I imagine each jurisdiction has its own version. Actually, no, I think FICOM is national. Okay. But it's it, you deal with each superintendent of real estate in each province. Okay, right? so, so that's a big fear that a lot of people have is what about the securities commissions and yeah. things like that? So you actually got found out. Yes, Okay. exactly. So we had to go down there and prove that we were a part owner of each of the ads that we had. So I always mm-hmm. warn people, you know, don't do that brother-in-law a favor by renting his place out and running an ad because if you can't prove that you're an owner or a licensed property mm. manager you could be in some hot water mm. right um, but back to the trust declaration what they recommended at that time was they said okay you know you are legally an owner you have a signed joint venture agreement fair enough at first they didn't think it would qualify they, the- they didn't say that a joint venture agreement had no legal he had no ownership position. Even well, with at an agreement. first, yeah. they did take that position. They oh, were okay. very skeptical at first, at the first level I was dealing with. But once that FICOM officer, who'd probably never seen it before, escalated it to the superintendent of real estate, it became clear that, you know, in BC, you do not have to be on title to legally be an owner of property. And that's one of the mm. frustrating things I face every day in these stratas is that they will not recognize us as a legal owner of the property even though we have a a formal joint venture agreement and trust declaration that is in registrable form. So So you register your joint venture agreement? I do not. And the reason that I do not is because in BC you trigger transfer tax. Ah, right. Right? So, you know, in Alberta, no problem. But Mm -hmm. in BC, we don't do that because it's a big cost. We trust our partners Mm -hmm. that they're not going to refinance on us or sell it out from under us. We control access to the property, which is pretty critical, mm-hmm. even though we're not on title. Yeah. So this trust agreement, you know, and guys, the best way I can probably describe it is a lot of people use this as an agreement for you buy the name in your own, you buy the property in your personal name, mm-hmm. right? Because banks have rules and they lend to people rather than corporations easier. Right. But then you get a, a trust declaration that you're, you are holding it in trust for your corporation. Mm-hmm. So your corporation can get all the benefits of the ownership. There's there's a legal 
ownership and there's a beneficial ownership. Right, and that's completely above board yeah. and very common. So the legal ownership position is Russell Westcott, joint venture partner. Right. The beneficial ownership is Russell Westcott and Peaver Khan. And every year when you do your taxes, you report to CRA according to your beneficial ownership. Okay. Right? And to do everything above board. Right. Yeah, so so it's it's one hundred percent. It's it's all you have a lawyer draft up these documents. So what is what does the trust dec trust declaration typically say on it? Pretty yeah, simple. So and you it's said you very, keep it separate from very simple. Yeah. So it's actually two pages only. Okay. And what it does is it takes out the trust language out of the body of the joint venture agreement mm -hmm. into a separate uh, agreement that basically makes it crystal clear yeah. to everybody involved that there is a trust situation going on with a bear trustee with them holding it in trust for maybe their entity and my entity, or themselves personally and their joint venture partner. Okay. So a little bit of legal mumbo jumbo, but at the end of the day, it is lawyers that are doing this. Yes. And it's 100% full, you're not, you're not hiding any of what you're no. doing. You're actually providing more transparency mm -hmm. right from the beginning. And if anybody has any issues along the way, you, we won't do the deal. Mm -hmm. And bottom line is, I'm the person writing the check mm -hmm. and qualifying for the mortgage. Mm -hmm. If I agree to it, I don't think can governing bodies be upset with what's going on because I'm the one writing the check. Yeah. Okay. So And and I want to add this is very technical, but mm -hmm. this is real and I want to I want to give you guys everything that you're going to need hopefully to make progress is that just a just 2 years ago, the superintendent of BC changed their position on an existing regulations. So there was no new regulations, but they changed their position on existing laws around property management. And they came to us again, even though many years ago, we took their advice, we were approved to continue mm -hmm. operating as we were. We bought many, many, many more properties under the structure that they approved and, and recommended. They came to us just two years ago and said, we've changed our position. And we had to do amending agreements retroactively to all of our joint ventures in British Columbia. It was a major undertaking, dealing with each of the partners and explaining to them what the situation was and adding you know, a 20-page amending agreement to our joint venture. And basically, the nutshell of it, guys, was there's a few options that we had to, to comply to their new position. And the simplest one that we found was because typically we don't put our own money, we put our time, our systems, mm -hmm. relationships, they had a bit of an issue with that because a part of what we do, a portion of what we do, is property management related mm -hmm. activities mm -hmm. such as collecting rent and things like that. There's a ton we do that property managers don't and right. they recognize that. But what we had to do was, let's say they put up $100,000. What we had to do now is a promissory note where they're actually lending yep. us our percentage, typically, of the down payment. So let's say it's a 50-50 deal. Okay, so in, in this example we talked yeah. about, I was putting $250,000 in. Right. Right. I had to, we had to get a promissory note for $125,000. Correct. In two different deals. Yeah, so okay. So 60-60, whatever, yep. right? Okay. And basically what the promissory note is, it says that you're earning interest on a portion of your down payment, which mm -hmm. was half in this case, in addition to our 50-50 split. 
And the way that we structured it so that it worked for everybody was that that interest gets paid to you at refinance or sale. Okay. So it's not a burden on us during the hold. Wow. Okay. Now, let me add to that. I know this is a bit of a brain bender. You might have to rewind this a few times, but it's at commercially feasible interest. Okay. Whatever that means. Exactly. So we basically had them approve what we're paying anywhere from 1% interest on it to 3% interest on it. For example, if it's an unfurnished rental that only produces $200 a month cash flow, we feel that you know 1% or $50 a month or whatever it may be is feasible, mm-hmm. commercially feasible. If it's a high yielding super suite with $1,000 a month cash flow, we felt that two or 3% was a feasible interest rate and they agreed with that. Hmm. So here's what I'm really gonna get to as a bottom line is a lot of people are scared of the whole um, avenue of securities commissions and being you know, found out and things like that. Here, here's somebody who's gone through it. Mm and you've just addressed it mm-hmm. immediately. You mm-hmm. didn't hide from it. Mm-hmm. You addressed it immediately. You explained your intention. You explained your positions. You explained all your, all the intentions and all the uh, tr- transparency of everything on the deal. You just mm-hmm. dealt with it. Mm-hmm. You complied. Mm-hmm. They even changed the rules yep. on, compl- on their position, uh, on on their the position rules. on the rules, yes. right? So they moved the goalposts exactly. on you again, and you just t- t- complied again. Yeah, you suck it up. And, um, it hasn't stopped you. As a matter of fact, yeah. you're actually growing faster now than you ever have yeah. because of that. So it actually right. has really been a benefit. And, and I, they said early on to my lawyer that mm. they didn't feel that we were bad actors. That mm. was their words. Like, we, there's been no complaints about us. They're mm. not worried about our integrity. It was very friendly. The superintendent mm-hmm. actually called me himself and, and just said, okay, you know, this is going to be a bit of a project, but it's what we need you to do. Yeah. So... You know, but one thing I would say is that we've also been attacked by cities, you know, for um, our super suites, for example. And one piece of advice I would give you guys, I'm very friendly and open. And that's maybe one thing you don't want to be when you get confronted by one of these bodies or, of course, friendly. But you want to get a lawyer to properly address and, and don't try to fully explain your whole business and invite them in, mm-hmm. you know, you should, uh, I think, protect yourself and get proper counsel to correspond with them in the format that they're accustomed to. Right. So if you really think about it, um, a lot of these speed bumps, and some of them cost some money mm-hmm. and time, mm-hmm. and, you know, pardon my French here, guys, a little bit the pain in the ass factor. You bet. Um, they've been just rite of passages Mm-hmm. because you're willing to do the work that nobody else will do. Most people would have quit. Mm-hmm. Now you get to actually get the benefits of uh, scaling your business up to $40, $50 million because you've actually, got, you've actually got the wounds and you did the work. Yes, and what that's done for me is it's really made me aware. You know, There's a balance between wanting to tell the world uh, what you're doing and how great it is mm-hmm you know, with your marketing, but also being very aware of how that appears to regulators yep. so that they don't get the wrong impression of what you're doing. Yeah. And and basically, you know, just being very aware of it and anticipating that you will be audited. Yep. You know, don't be surprised when it happens. It's it's coming. Yeah. And you need to organize for it. It's, it's a rite of passage. Yeah. Is, is, it really is. But um, at the same time, you know, some people are fearful of something that may never happen. 
Very true. Most of the people were probably that are going to be listening to this, you will, you know, you're going to be raising money from family and friends and maybe friends of friends and right. things like that. And it's all people you know, and you're going to do um, half a dozen to a dozen deals. Right. Maybe. Right. And you, you probably never ever, they won't, they won't, they may never ever come after you. But here's the thing that I want to get to really drive home as, as clear and succinct as possible. If they do, hit it head on, mm -hmm. deal with it, and move on. As a mm -hmm. matter of fact, it's actually give strengthen your resolve. Yeah. As a not, you're you're a, you're sometimes you got a PhD, and I, PhD stands for pig-headed determination. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and I think of Warren Buffett. You know how he dealt with um, being attacked over the mm -hmm. years, and you just get it right. You know, get it out, get over it. Right. It's you know you gotta. Can't just kind of tuck things away or skirt it. Just gotta, like you say, just hit it straight on. Right, and and really, your your entire intention has always been coming from a standpoint of doing what's right for the investor, doing everything transparent above board, um, complying with whatever uh, people have, and and having really good investment opportunities to investors that cannot maybe do it on their own. Right. Right. Okay. So, so you know, and I'm 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 already hearing that we're probably going to have a, a part three and part four of this of this con to. conversation because Derek is such a, a wealth of information. But guys, I uh, we've gone deep and we've gone really deep into the into the the, the weeds. I'm gonna we're gonna wrap the story a bit about the the conversation about the transaction, okay. and uh, and I think we're gonna make a commitment that we're gonna have another one. Absolutely. Right. So so Mark, hold us to that as well. So. Gone through, bought the place, we've signed a joint venture agreement, we've got a trust agreement, right. then you have all your checklists, now you put it into the, your model of your super suites. Correct. What do I, as the real estate, I'm now the investment partner, now what, what, is, what happens from here typically for me? Yeah, so basically it's very front and loaded for you. It's, it's lawyer's appointment, the hoops of mortgage qualifying. It feels like a crazy few weeks. Mm -hmm. Once we actually complete on the property, there's a few little things to do, like signing for our new operating bank account. We create one bank account just for that property. Yeah. Sometimes we'll add one more property if it's exact same ownership percentages mm -hmm. into that account. And does the bank account have both our names on it? Yes. Okay, both. It's a joint account, joint Correct. signing as well. And, Correct. Okay. And we don't put any restrictions on, you know, two to sign and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Either one of us could clean it out and go to Mexico at any point. We just yeah. trust our partners. And don't want those kind of restrictions on our ability to operate. Right. The joint venture agreement does say anything over, I believe, $2,500. We give them a courtesy, mm -hmm. uh, you know, call. Uh, but basically from there, we just run through our checklist. They're going to put, there was one check to remove subjects. Mm -hmm. There was one check to complete the property at the lawyer with the balance of the 20% down legal fees, transfer tax. Then there's one more check to our operating account, which typically is made up of, a rule of thumb, two percent of the purchase price, mm -hmm. which is around six, seven thousand yep. for us. Um, you know, there's the there's additional cost to the brick. You know, for what mm -hmm. we do, there's condo in a box, which is a really cool resource. It's a everything you need at a furnished condo comes on one skid from Transworld Imports in Richmond. Okay. So it's the same thing that the hospitality industry uses, and then we still have to do decor. You know, home sense. Mm -hmm. A few things we get at Walmart and stuff like that. So there's still a few thousand dollars there in addition to, you know, 5,000, let's call it, in addition to the, the lump sum at the, at the brick. Um, there's going to be, you know, we always get the locks upgraded to key control just for better perception, quality, and obviously security. Mm -hmm. 
um, you know, we get a really good cinematic drone tour done, yeah. which most people don't do for rentals. It's mm. the same quality that the best realtors use. Yeah. Well, you know what I'm, you know what I'm, sm <laughs> you know what I'm smelling, Derek. I'm smelling a how to do super sweets franchise model of something of checklists and process and things like yeah. that. You know, at the end of the day, you're not going to buy all the houses in Canada, even though right. you're trying, yeah. right? And you're, you're branching out there. I, I, w I wonder if there would be a need or an interest of people that might want to do something like this in, in uh, Grand Prairie or mm -hmm. in Cold Lake mm -hmm. or in uh, Saskatoons and places like that. I think there could be, I, I'm smelling that there's an opportunity here, Derek. I'm excited to work so, with you. So one thing I'm also going to tell with you as well is, um, Derek, some of the agreements that you talked about, your joint venture agreement, your promissory note, your trust agreement. Right. You've shared, Derek shared that with me, and I, I've put it on the portal for everyone to, to, to download if Very you good. are interested in that as well. So crazy amount of details here, and we are going to do this again. Okay. Um, but before we do, i got two, two final things I want to um, branch off with. Number one is, what would you say would be some of the... Um, landmines or some of the mistakes that you've made over the past 12 years that you'd love to share with people that could help them save some time and effort and heartache? First thing that comes to mind for me is, you know, well, we talked about it before the interview. It's not about 100 properties. Mm -hmm. It's about, you know, what makes sense for you. And if it's 12, you could be much happier and more financially successful than 100 that are mm -hmm. not great and are distressing you out and vacancy and everything else. Yeah. Right, but fear oversupply. You know, in in two, like in 2010 or so, we were closing furnished rentals, converting them back to unfurnished because mm -hmm. we could actually rent them, and we were sh sh shifting the furniture to another city where we had more demand, and we did that work ourselves. So, be be very cautious of oversupply. There's a good saying from that book of, that Thomas Byer mentioned that job growth starts markets and oversupply ends markets. So I've seen oversupply in Abbotsford in the last boom, 2007-8, and it feels like it's getting there again potentially now. Right, and that's why you're branching out across the country. You're, you're getting back into Alberta, Calgary yep. again, yep. Edmonton as well. Yes. Now you can buy four houses for the same price as one here. They're literally half, less than half price, yep. uh, the same townhouse that we're buying in a very grid area, Windermere, yep. uh, versus you know Abbotsford townhouse, which used to be on par. Couple other mistakes that you've uh, you'd like to share with people before uh, before I ask you the last question. Couple other mistakes. Um, you know, there's been so many; it's hard to pick them. But uh, what properties not to buy? Real mm. quick, the ones that really did bad for me, and which still I've never lost an investor's money, but I did work for free for a long time, and um, not looking to do any more of that. And what they are is they're the ugly properties. Mm. So they're, you know, the man served around the outside. You buy, you're buying on price. You're not buying on quality. Yeah. And, you know, it didn't have in-suite laundry. It didn't allow pets. The suite was phenomenal. Top floor, corner, two balconies, 1,100 square foot, overlooking a new park that we knew that was coming in. Nobody else did. We thought we were on to it. But it was 2007. It was, pe it was peaking out. And that property corrected 20-30% because I couldn't get people in. It was flickering lights outside. It's dirty in the common area. You run into crazy people on the way to show the suite. Mm -hmm. So we really learned to buy really good quality jewels in the crown. Yeah. It's the jewel in the crown policy. So, you know, you have to be able to basically brag about it. Top floor, corner, nice yep. view, quiet side. 
Yeah, one of the things that I've, biggest lessons I've learned over there is quality matters. Mm -hmm. Quality versus quantity. And in areas yep. where people really want to live. Yep. Comes back to the, the th I've talked about this, maybe I'll link up the presentation as well, it's the three pillars of real estate. Mm -hmm. It's what you buy, where you buy, and who you rent to. Mm -hmm. And the most important one of that is who you rent to. Right. What's your tenant profile? But then where they, where you, what property you buy and where it is is dependent upon, the, they all are interdependent right. of each other. If you buy a property that has a crappy tenant profile, in a bad area mm -hmm. and the wrong type of property, you're gonna have a bad experience. There's lower hanging fruit. Yeah, There's absolutely. an easier ride. Like for example, Surrey Center, I love the potential of Surrey Center. We've owned condos there over the past 10 years. Today we own none. Mm -hmm. I clearly see the appreciation potential in 20 years, but I, I don't need to own every city and mm -hmm. I just enjoy the ride in Cloverdale yep. better than I do in Surrey Center. Yep. Everybody has their own niche in their own pocket yeah. and, and really matching up the right property to the right tenant profile mm -hmm. in the right area, mm -hmm. really. So, okay, um, we are gonna do this again. Um, last final question before we go. What, what would be Derek Peaver's golden advice, your best advice you would offer everyone, maybe uh, right now if you're just getting started in the world of raising capital, yeah. what would be your best advice you can share with people? Favorite quote that comes to mind is to buy the farm for what it yields, not just for what it might be worth one day. Ah, so buy based on cash flow today, yeah. not on future promise. That's Warren Buffett. Right on. Well, well done. So guys, fire some comments below. Um, as you can tell, this guy knows what he's talking about. Um, man, you've been a good student. And, Thank and, you. And I, I, I per, one of my personal mandates for myself as a good coach and a teacher is the students should far exceed every result that the coach and the teacher will ever do. And that's how a good coach should hold themselves accountable. And I'm not gonna make this about me because it's 100% the actions you've taken, but man, have you been an amazing student and an amazing coach and a, a student and a, an implementer, an implementer, man, I can't even talk. I'm, I'm all, for, I'm all uh, flustered here, so Derek, Thank you for your time Thank today. you so much for everything, yep. Russ. All right, guys, Russell Westcott here. Hashtag JVJedi. Tweet that out. We're here with uh, Derek Peaver with PeaverCon Group of Companies. And we'll talk to you very soon, guys. Good Bye. luck, guys. Bye for now. Hey, what's up, everybody? Russell Westcott. Sure, hope you enjoyed that interview with Mr. Derek Peaver. So what were some of your key takeaways? Tell you what, well, the biggest key takeaway from me uh, of, watching, of being part of this interview is uh, what an inspiration Derek is. You know, he's, he was flying under the radar for a long time and he just quietly built this uh, portfolio of properties. So some of the key takeaways for me is number one, he developed a system, uh, a very unique system, him on super suites, which gives him a unique advantage. So what's your unique advantage in the marketplace? What do you offer to your investors that would have them lined up? Number two is, you know what? He evolved and I've from, Honest to goodness, from when I first saw Derek to where he is now, he is a completely different person. You know, uh, I hope we uh, show, you got a chance to check out the the uh, footage of us taking a ride in this Tesla. He has evolved as a person. He has he has grown from from where he originally first started in that first event that we met long long time ago. A uh, number three uh, tip that I took away from this that was key for me is just what and you know what in the face of adversity, some of those things that people fear the most. 
um, you know, he actually had a couple of those things come to fruition. And you know what? He just dealt with them. He just pragmatically just went, to put the work boots on, put the gloves on, and just dealt with them. When the real estate, uh, the superintendent of real estate phoned, he just contacted them, got a lawyer involved, just took the steps. And you know what? At the end of the process, he became a better operator and a better person to raise more capital. And you know what? That's honestly all that work and all that effort he's gone through is actually giving him more opportunities to the point now he's taking his business and he's scaling it on a national basis. So I honestly think that the, the world is Derek's oyster. The upside for him is just unbelievable. I can't wait to see what's going on uh, with Derek and the next steps for him. But like I said, this was just one interview that we did. I foresee that there'll probably be another two or three. So stay tuned. Hope you enjoy this interview and make sure you check out all the inter interviews that we have on the Raising Capital Academy. Talk to you soon. Hey everybody, before you run off here, just want to give you a quick message. Sure hope you enjoyed this interview series with uh, Derek Peaver. Wonderful insights and depth and knowledge of resources. So if any of you are ever interested um, in taking a deeper dive into this whole topic, into this whole topic of raising capital, if you're enjoying the materials you're finding on my new YouTube channel or this podcast, truly this is only about one-tenth of 1% of the information available. I actually went in and cracked open the inner circle vault to bring this episode out for you. And there's at least another 24 there. I think there's 30 episodes of Standing on the Shoulders of Giants interviews that are done within the Raising Capital Academy. And I bring out in depth these type of materials and these type of videos and training at minimum one a month. So if you're interested in taking a deeper dive into what the Raising Capital Academy can do for you and how it can help you grow, how it can help you get started, how it can help you scale to the next level within your business, please check out my website at www.russellwestcott.com. There will be a link on there that will take you to the Raising Capital Academy. And this is my application only. You can read all the information about all the resources, all the tools, all the implementation, all the community that, that's there, all the education and all the additional resources, all the information is there. And if you guys are enjoying this podcast and all these interviews with Standing on the Shoulders of Giant, you ain't seen nothing yet. Strongly encourage you to go check out the Raising Capital Academy. And we are open right now for enrollments and we are taking applications, but we're probably going to be closing down applications soon. So make sure you check out my website, russellwestcott.com and check out the link on there for the Raising Capital Academy. And remember, in every interaction you have with another person, always leave them feeling inspired, encouraged, and you always come from a place of love. Okay, guys, bye for now. Thank you for listening to the Russell Westcott Podcast. Before you run off, could you do us one final favor? Wherever you're listening to this episode, we encourage you to leave a review, share with your friends, and subscribe so you can receive the latest episode to keep you feeling inspired and encouraged for the entire week. Visit www.russellwestcott.com for more information, support resources, and upcoming speaking engagements near you. Bye for now.